This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. There's it never was, too much onion rings on a pizza. I don't think that phrase has ever been uttered before. <laughs> Tell that to the people who work at Brew. In this case, there were too many <laughs> onion rings. So, uh, yes, but I got two meals out of it. Very proud. That's good. I also paid for two meals worth of food. So that is true. It's, happy that's I the got thing about meals it's meals kind of hipster. I get a little bit of PTSD going in there because of how hipster it is. It mm. feels like Burlington, but... You know, I should feel good, like home. You know? I, well, uh, Burlington uh, is not home. <laughs> the diocese of Burlington is home. The That's city of Burlington is where would you call it? Incensed. <laughs> Incensed. Isn't that Incensed. a great word? It doesn't. Why? That doesn't really make sense. Why is that a thing? Incense. Is it spelled the same way? Uh, I believe so. Actually, well, how did, what does that have to do with being angry in our? Prayers you, rising up to God. You get smoky and cold. <laughs> oh, I guess that I makes guess. sense. Like smoke shooting out <laughs> your ears, like in the cartoons. <laughs> I guess. Oh, God. And we're back, <laughs> folks. I'm Eli. And I'm Joseph. And this is Wondering Wanders, uh, which I had another person again to me today tell me, yeah, I tried to find that, but I couldn't. And I was like, man, our name is too difficult. But it, it's perfect. It describes what we do. It, I'm not changing the name. Oh, There's we're definitely not changing the no name because it's a perfect name. Uh, it's just that people need to get with it. You know, they need to figure it out. People, and people never get it. They're like, wandering wanderers? I'm like, no, wanders. And they're like, wandering wonders. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, you're really close. But, oh, you're gosh. literally wandering right around it. <laughs> yeah. Circling it. Got him. <laughs> All right, so my question for today. Your family's never visited mine around, have they? No. They okay. were supposed to, actually, before the pandemic. Oh, no They're way. They're going to surprise me. And, uh, oh, wow. Way yeah. to ruin that and surprise. And we all left, so the thanks, pandemic. COVID. Yeah, I got them. Well, then my question is, if and when your family comes, what are you most excited to show them at St. Minerad? The chapel. Which, our, our chapel, Thomas yeah. Aquinas? Either that or Monte Casino. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. The Monte Casino is really good. Monte Casino might be mm-hmm. mine, but I, when I think about what I want to show them, I actually, so my parents have like never left the country besides Canada, which doesn't count uh, where I'm like from. what, 15 minutes from the border or something? Yeah, 15, 20, something like that. And, uh... But, so, I love, if you sit in the courtyard in the middle between Garen and Jack's, mm-hmm. that old courtyard, you feel like you're in a different country. So, I'd love to just go sit mm. there right at, like, uh, 4.45 mm-hmm. when the bells start ringing for oh, evening nice. prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just sit there, and you just feel like you're in a different world, and it is mm. magical. And I, I think about that quite a bit, actually. That's what I'd show them. Yeah, they. Uh, I'm excited at how much they want to come up here. Yeah, but I'm also like, there's not a whole lot to do. So. <laughs> you know, I think there's so much more to do like, than I we think. Know. Like as long as you take you, you have to enter into mind rad time. You have to move slow and really appreciate things. Yeah, um, yeah. that's the thing. It's, it's not like oh, I'm going to show you this and this and this. It's like let's walk slowly out front 
and then we'll stop and we'll look at the happy church. You know, it's, <laughs> you know? it is very different. Mine rad time, very true. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. True. You got to move slow. Got to move slow. Mm. All righty. Well, let's start with a prayer in the name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. God of justice and of mercy, we ask that you pour your love into our hearts that we may know who it is we are called to be and how we are called to love. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, tonight, I'm going to start with a story. We're going to switch it up hey, a little bit. Yeah, all right. Um, be so, a good oh, it's a good story. This is what's made me start thinking of this topic. I was talking to Eric who was his niece, he was like, hey, pray for me. My niece is going to call me, and she's got all of her questions about, like, God and the church. And uh, That's a big conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so... How old's his niece? Six. Dang, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to someone about... That's a different... Anyway. <laughs> that's a, yeah. But that's... So, so I was like, oh, okay. And I told him, I said, tell her stories. Like, she probably won't remember that many facts, but if you connect them to stories, mm, then it, mm-hmm. it makes more sense. And so I was thinking back to when I did Totus Tuus. I tried to have a story for every class. And I thought, what were the best stories I told? And then this story popped into my mind. And then this it's made me start up. thinking about right. Big lead up. So I don't know the authentic names, but it is a true story. So in South Africa, this was before. Is apartheid the good thing or the bad thing? Is apartheid like the segregation or the good thing that happened after? I never... He thinks it's the bad thing. I think it's the bad thing. Okay, so... Tex would know. I'm not Tex. I'm I'm history ignorant. It's so bad. (laughs) Anyway, so South Africa, uh, there was apartheid. It's the bad thing. You're right. Um, And the the Dutch whites were uh, really afflicting the South African black people and they were murdering them and they had all sorts of laws against them. They had all these bad things and they eventually Nelson Mandela, who I think should become a saint, uh, he got released from prison. He became president. He ended apartheid and he decided that when he became president, every, a lot of the South Africans thought, Oh, good. Now it's our turn. Like we get mm, to have mm-hmm. justice. We get retribution for for what they did to us. And they had all these like uh, do this to this person. You know, like put them all in prison. And he said, No, we need healing, yeah. not justice. We need forgiveness, not revenge. And so he started these courts. They weren't like regular courts. They were mercy courts. And if you had done, so if you were like a white uh, South African who had done terrible things during uh, apartheid, you could go to these courts and admit what you'd done, and they would give you like something to do, but you would be forgiven. If you got up in front wow. of everybody and admitted right. what you'd done, it was headed by the bishop or one really? of the bishops too. Yeah. So it was, he was like, no, we need people to forgive. We need people to move yeah. on. It needs to yeah. be brought into the light. So anyways... During apartheid, there was this woman named Rose, and she was married, happily married, had a wonderful husband and a son, teenage son, and there was this police officer named Paul, and uh, one day, Rose's, Rose's husband 
was actually sorry, Rose's son was out walking with some of his friends, and they were out a little bit later than they should have been. And the police pulled them up, all stopped, and started talking to him, and it turned into a little bit of a fight. And Paul shot Rose's son, shot and killed Rose's son. Then a couple months later. A similar incident happened. They found her husband somewhere that they decided he shouldn't be, and they tied him up, put him on a uh, pile of wood, covered him in gasoline, and burned him alive. This is the same officer? Same officer. killed. Jeez, so geez. Paul killed Rose's son and her husband. Yeah. 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 So, so eventually apartheid ends. Paul ends up at one of these courts. And he gets up there and he admits what he's done. You know, I killed this man, I shot this man, I, I burnt this man alive. And so they have a judge kind of guy. And what Paul doesn't know is that Rose is in the audience. She's there, they had big groups of people come. And so the judge knows who these people were. And he knows Rose and he turns to Rose and he says, what should we have him do? And Paul realizes who she is, that he has taken away her family. He killed her entire family. Hmm. And he's freaking out because she just got given the option of what are we going to do? And she looks at him and she looks back to the judge and she says, first of all, have him go to the place where he burnt my husband and collect the dust because that's all that I have left of my family. So I want my husband's ashes. Second of all, he killed my whole family. The people that I loved most in this world. He killed them, and he left me with so much love to give and no one to give it to. So I want him to come once a week to spend time with me and let me take care of him and Mm. love him because I have so much love to give and no one to give it to. And the whole crowd started singing Amazing Grace, and Paul passed out. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> passes out there. And so he did it. He started going every week, and he started eventually going a couple times a week, and they became close friends. She treated him like a son. Wow. And he had killed her son and her husband, and she was the example of what it meant to truly forgive. Mm. That is the end of that story. It, it lived up to it. lived up. It's such a good story. Was, oh, my good, gosh. Yeah. But what it made me start thinking about was the relationship between mercy and justice. Yeah. Um, so uh, what strikes you, first of all, about that story? Yeah, um, I guess what strikes me is Paul's expectations for justice mm. versus the people's expectations. Um, I guess Paul's expectations for what he deserved versus what he got. Um, and then I guess on in a in a real way that at the end of the day, like the justice was served. And then actually, they were both the better for it. 
Yeah. Mm, See, that, that's what gets me most about yeah. that story is that, you know, it's like, wow, that was so merciful. But was there justice? Do they have yeah. to kind of be exclusive? I don't think so. But first, let's get a little bit basic. What would you say justice is? I guess that someone is in the wrong. They have done something that they are deserving of punishment for. Um, and that they... Hmm. Justice is enacted. Justice is given. That some sort of, I guess, atonement is reached or some sort of recognition for the mm. wrong is affirmed by the person that they wronged. And I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, uh, I'm that, a bit of loss, uh, that's yeah. very interesting. Which did say, so does justice always require a wrong? That there's someone or something wronged. Well, it's always paired with an injustice, right? Like for their... I don't know. Is it, is it always paired with injustice? I think so. Are you, can you think of a time when it's not? Uh, it's funny because I would... On, with my thought of justice, I would never think of it having a necessity for injustice. Well, what do you think justice is? When I think of yeah. justice, I think yeah. of justice is giving that which is owed. Giving that which, which is owed. Okay. It, so, for for instance, to God, we we owe justice to God. God has not wronged us, and even if we haven't wronged God, God is owed our worship, God is owed our life mm, and our love. Yeah. And so there, there's not a requirement. But I think it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of people think the way you do. Yeah. You know? yeah. Of like, okay, justice. You know, when you think of justice, you think of police and, and courts and the justice system. Um, but does justice really need to always have something wronged? I don't think that it does. Yeah. I think I would, uh, as you as you portray it that way. Yes, I think I would agree. Um, the context I'm thinking of is in the mass and the preface. We say it is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Or the priest says that um, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father. Yeah. Um, truly right and just. So the just there seems to be, as you were saying, giving what is due, but of right order. So yeah. injustice then would be of disorder, right? Or of disordered to not give what is due. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really thought of it that way before. So To yeah. not give what is due. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's just as... All right, then on the other side of it, what what is mercy? This is a tough <sighs> one. That is, that's a, a, that is a question that I think the church yeah, has like, wrestled with for its entire being. Um, 
it is absolutely related to justice. I, I think, I think you can't have mercy without justice. Um, really? Yes. Mercy, I think, ultimately is love, but when we think of mercy from God's perspective, like it has to be in God's perspective, right? So I think often when I think of God's mercy, it's relative to kind of a, a parent taking something away from their child that they know is going to hurt their child kind mm. of thing. Um, and the child's like, his perspective, my perspective when I was a kid was like, why would you take this away from yeah. me? This was my whole world. Like, yeah. what's going on? And the parent's like, well, no, you aren't doing your chores. Like, I, I told you to do your chores. You need to do your chores so that yeah. the family has order and that there's right relationship in the family and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I guess, I don't know if you're asking about God's mercy versus just mercy in general, um, but... Just mercy in general, I would say, but... Mercy in general. Yeah, I mean, I think it's based on God's perspective of loving another, so... I, yeah, that's all I can give. Okay, question though, does mercy require a wrong justice was decided doesn't require there to be some sort of wrong can you have mercy if there has not been a wrongdoing no let me go with no on that I think so too which blows my mind I like I remember walking out of confession one time and being like yep yeah like Mm -hmm. this is a so you like you were saying this is a form of love yeah. God is love, God is mercy, but I walked out of confession and I thought, wow, this is love that I could not receive without sin, without falling. Hmm. Like God has turned it around so much so that it's like he has created a new kind of love that we only get because we fell. Because like as we see it, things got worse. God is like, I will give you more love, a new kind of love. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess in that sense, when you say mercy is love, I guess it's love in the face of wrongdoing. So the active choice of the will, like the active choosing to continue to love someone in the face of being wronged, right? That, I think... Uh, I think you're maybe right, but that sounds pretty much I would describe forgiveness. Like no, no, well, mm, I don't know. Sort of. No, that's how I would describe forgiveness. Uh. Is there a difference, though, between forgiveness and mercy? Because I've never thought about this. I think typically when we talk of mercy, it's in the, it's in the context of retributive justice and someone saying, have mercy on me. So... Someone who's seeking to seeking retribution or revenge, and the response is, "Don't seek, have mercy on me. Don't seek seek your revenge. Instead, I don't know, let me go." Kind of thing. I don't think that's. I think that's an incomplete understanding of it, but I think yeah. that's usually how we see it. How we think of it? Yeah, I agree with that. But. But with a complete understanding of mercy, like you said, there's this, this love that is in the face of wrongdoing, continuing to love. Yep. That sounds like forgiveness. 
Because forgiveness, I would say, is seeing a wrongdoing, acknowledging it. Not see, we have such a like a weird sense of forgiveness today yeah. in a lot of ways, where we think that to forgive someone is to, in a sense, to justify it, to make it seem all right. Like, oh hey, I'm sorry, I crashed your car. Like, oh you know, it's all right. I forgive you. I didn't really like that car, anyways. <laughs> you were. It, you were texting and driving, but you, you had to get that message out. Yeah. Like, that's it. not forgiveness. You know? That's like a yeah. weird sense of justification. But like real forgiveness is like, wow, okay, I forgive you. That was very wrong, what you did, and it was bad. Hmm. But I forgive you. It sounds a lot like mercy. It sounds a lot like yeah. mercy. That, yeah. huh. I don't know if there is necessarily a difference because I think to forgive is to be merciful. But it seems like for some reason mercy goes deeper. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know how it goes deeper, though. I don't know how either. All right. Well, (laughs) wonder about that for a little bit, folks. Um... But, so, back yeah, to the original... That's beyond my ability to, uh, <laughs> to describe yeah. currently. So, so mercy, <clears throat> which sounds like forgiveness, is to, in the face of a wrong, to love anyways. Yeah. And justice... Mm. To love anyways, would that... I guess would that also be to forego retribution? Maybe that's a... No. Before go. I feel like that's it. Here here so this one time I heard this definition. Yeah. Um they said it was in terms of God. They said justice is giving God giving us what we deserve and mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. And at first I thought, oh, that sounds good. But as I've thought more and more about it, I thought that just makes it sound like justice is wrong and completely swallowed up in mercy. And justice is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I like that. Yeah, I don't think I like that either. Yeah. Because it's like all we deserve is evil, which the guy who was saying it was a Protestant, so they have total depravity. So yeah. they, they think that all we deserve is evil. Uh, but what we get is not at all what we deserve. Mm. Which doesn't doesn't sit well with me. But anyways, <clears throat> so mer- so wait, what what do we decide mercy is? You said you didn't like in spite of or whatever I said. So mercy no, is loving. No, no, no. yeah, we should go yeah. <laughs> mercy is mercy is continuing to love in the face of being wronged. Okay, and justice is to give what is due. Yeah. So, then, in like kind of like what I brought up, are can mercy and justice exist together? Exist together? Yeah. Can you be merciful and just? Yes. Yeah. But are they not mutually exclusive? One is to to kind of. Give one what is due, which if you do something wrong, punishment is due, and one is to say, I do not punish you. Well, I guess it... 
I guess it depends on what you think about like what it means to have to be indebted, right? Like, yeah. Because if if you're the judge of having something due to you, right? It's also yeah. within your power to forgive that, and so kind of in the in the gospels we we see like the servants who are indebted and they go to their masters and they're like we can't we can't pay the debt right can you please forgive it yeah they can ask that because it's it's the master's debt to forgive right so yeah. for him to dispense justice right like he defines it because it's <laughs> because it's his debt so he gets to do what he wants with it so um yeah, so I guess in the eyes of, when we look at it from the eyes of God, often his justice seems to be giving us mercy, right? Like, does that make sense? His justice, to give us what it is due, is to love us in spite of our yeah. wrong. Yeah. I think that makes sense, but... I don't necessarily see how that's just because still that seems like so there's still something owed, you know, like for example, debt. Yeah. There's yeah. money been paid, money's gone, you come back, I can't pay it, I'm merciful, I forget it. There's still that that money gone. Now not that everything works like money, but uh There's still the wrongdoing, there's still the sin, there's still the, there's still the Murder, there's still that, you know. So yeah. how do we make sense of that? If the, if that is how God loves us, like you said, like God's justice is to give us mercy, how do we make sense of that? Because, yeah, like, what, what, what about, our sin has to mean something. I think if we, if we overly mercify God, yeah. our sin becomes meaningless. And that's not right. I agree with that. We overly mercify God. Mercify? I don't know if that's a real word, but... Okay, so then what would you... Yeah, what would you say? Can can justice and mercy exist together? I think Are justice, they mutually exclusive? Justice, isn't, isn't that in the Psalms? Justice and mercy have kissed? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't... No, I, I think it's like... Ray Ray can be like, no, they're not mutually exclusive. But... Um, but, like, like, I mean, I think if you look back at the story from the beginning with Rose and Paul, it seems like there's a sense of justice there. It's not just, like, mercy, I love him, I forgive him. Yes, it's definitely merciful. But at the same time, there's a sense that she's like, he actually does owe something. Yeah. I have this love, I need to give it, he needs to be the one to receive. Now, that's the thing that's crazy is, you know, he didn't have to be the one to receive that love. And she said, no, you took it from me. You owe it to me. I think she is much more just in that situation than if she would have said, lock him in prison. Yeah. Like, what is owed is not paid in that sense. Anger is like drinking poison and hoping somebody else will die. I think that's G.K. Chesterton said that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I like that one. Yeah, yeah that's I a like good that one. one. Um Got that one from Lily. But uh, it's... Uh, so I think that if you look at the story of Rose, like, what we think of as justice is what's... kind of what's wrong. Well, it sounds like our 
our understanding of justice is almost always in the context of revenge. And that's yeah. like, so why is it that we apply the same sort of revenge concept onto our relationship with God and really in all situations, right? Like why is it when we say, well, justice needs to be served, that's really that someone needs to get their comeuppance, you know, or yeah, their, yeah. their just desserts or karma or, you know, like, that the equal amount of evil needs to be dished back to whatever they've taken out. And yeah, you're right. I think that that's, I think for a lot of people in society, kind of secularly, like justice and mercy can't kiss. They cannot be really unified and happen at the same time because we can only think of it as this revenge, this like getting, getting back at you for something uh, but I think that that's a disordered sense of justice. I think that that, yeah, yeah. I I think earlier you were talking about if we think of God as being overly, what what was the word you used? If we overly mercify, overly God. mercify uh-huh. God. Well, the thing is, is that like God's mercy doesn't wipe away like the temporal effects of sin. Like so, we're if his justice is to to forgive us, to give us the the mercy of being forgiven, right? Yeah. That's not at the expense of our memory, our imagination, and the actual act of sin that we've committed, right? So, like, the sin still exists, and mm. we still have the consequences now to deal with them, mm. right? Mm. Um, so I think in the same way that, like, well, what what what's happening is that God sees the person. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, the sin is like once forgiven is working towards their salvation. So, in the same way that Rose sees the sin of you said it was Paul, right? Yeah, that's um, not the real names yeah, anyway. So. <laughs> but Rose sees the sin of Paul and acknowledges it and essentially forgives it, like he still has to live with the fact that he's murdered mm. her entire family. Mm. Um, and that's not changed. Yep. And so it'd be one thing if she said, you know, you're forgiven, and actually it's like this doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Or this never happened. Um, it's another thing for her to say, well, this happened and I still choose to love you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if that gives you anything to... Well, I, I mean, I think it does, but I think it still falls short of kind of... Cause, so, for example, like, as in terms of relationship with God, yeah, it we're always, when we're talking about justice or mercy, it's always going to be in terms of sin. There's been, there's been sin because sin is a, uh, a turning away from God, a breaking of our relationship with God. Yeah. It's injustice. It's a, it's a distancing ourselves from God. So, like, the more we sin, the more distant we put ourselves from God. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a weird kind of, uh, uh, what's the word, like, uh, where two things don't seem to work together? Paradox. Paradox there where God can never be that far from us, yet we still distance ourselves from Him. Mm-hmm. It's more of a relational sense. But, um, so there's that distance. Now, God can be merciful. He can love us all we want. But that distance still has to be made up. That sin has to be uh, 
the the wound needs to be fixed. It needs to be to be covered over, and the gap needs to be bridged. And so, to me, I think that the only, which is why we can't understand it in the world. We can't understand true justice in the world. The only way that justice and mercy can actually go hand in hand mm-hmm. is in light of the cross. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like we talk about all the time in Lemna's paper, you know, yeah. or Lemna's class. Like, we can't make sense of humanity without yeah. the cross. Totally. And like all of justice and mercy, all justice and mercy that we have, all justice and mercy towards us, between us and God, all has to come through the Paschal mystery of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, I think otherwise, well, I guess two thoughts. So back to the Rose and Paul story. Yeah. I love that you started with this story. Yeah, um, part of Paul's reception of justice was him going to court. Mm, he had to turn to it. Yeah. So like he could have not gone to the mercy court. Yeah. And he could have, it wouldn't have changed the fact that he'd still murdered Rose's entire family. Yep. He would have probably been at odds with her, and she at odds with him, right? Because there's this unresolved whatever. Like, yeah, there's unresolved tension there. But, yeah, we can't downplay the fact that he showed up at the court. Yeah. And was seeking justice at a mercy court. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean... For himself, yeah. right? Like, that's yeah. a... Uh, yeah, that's incredible. It is, yeah. So when I told this story, it was in my uh, confession class. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is this is confession. We have murdered God's whole family. Like, we killed his mm-hmm. only son mm-hmm. by our sin. Mm. And we, when we go to him and we say, I did this, then it's on him. And he always says, I want you to be a part of my family, Ben. Now I make you my family. Like That's the ridiculous love of God. Like The love yeah. of Rose yeah. is ridiculous. For her to say, you killed my family, therefore I want you to be my family? And it makes absolutely no sense without the cross. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. No and that's the thing that fascinates me about justice and mercy working together. Cause like so like when I brought this up earlier, you said you thought of justice and mercy a lot, but you thought of it in terms of confession or being a confessor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and confession. Well, both actually. It's what it's what I love the most about confession, and what I look forward most to in being a confessor. Yeah. Say more about that. So what? What? How is that? What you love most about confession? Is the justice and the mercy? Well, it's like this. Yeah, it's it's what I was saying about Paul. Like it's this incredible like, and it and it speaks to what we were talking to about why do seminarians love brokenness yeah. that that episode. Um, but every time you like go to confession, there's this. There's all of this internal work that's been done before the person actually even gets like steps into the confessional Mm. and the same way that 
Paul like didn't just say like wake up one morning and was like I should really go to Mercy. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I can't imagine that was a decision easily made. Um and that while he was sitting there that he wasn't regretting that decision, you know. Mm. Um and there's something so real about having to say your sins out loud. Yeah. to someone else, not just into the ether, you know. Um Yeah, so I guess it it excites me in the sense that like I think I think we have an innate an innate there's a grace-filled orientation towards seeking justice for ourselves, like divine justice, mm. which I think is often why people's arguments for God not existing is because he doesn't seem just yeah. because they expect him to be just. And they should expect him to be just. And he is just. And he is just. (laughs) Um, We just may not understand it the way that, yeah, that he actually is. Um, But but that's the thing. I think even even to get a little bit more extreme, sorry to kind of cut you off there, but like going back to justice and mercy, justice and mercy kind of, you know, can they exist together? I think they cannot exist apart from each other. Yeah, I don't think we can have justice and mer- just just well, justice or just mercy. It's to their detriment if they're isolated, right? Yeah. So we can strive for it, but well, it's to the detriment of justice for there to be only mercy, yeah. and it's to the detriment of justice, mercy, mercy for there to be only justice. Right? <laughs> it's to the detriment I was just going to justice yeah, and just, just it say twice. it again. There it is. Oh gosh, uh, and then the second. As a confessor, like, yeah, I mean, is, isn't that like the story of the prodigal son? Isn't that the story of like the father in that story? Mm. Isn't that the master who forgives the debts of the slaves? Isn't that the, oh man, the bridegroom inviting to the feast? Like, isn't that Rose telling Paul, mm. like, yes, you've sinned. Yes, they're bad. Yes, you're forgiven. Hmm. Um, you know, take your seat at the table. You know, like, Ugh. there's something so incredibly human and paradoxically, like, divine. It's, like, so human and so divine all at once. And it's, like, how could you, how could I not, like, be totally enraptured by that. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and yeah, get to be the person who sits there in the person of Christ to say, I absolve you. You know, like how just. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. To be that, to be the person that, that actually like affects Christ's bringing someone back into his family and saying like, actually I have so much love to give. Um, yep. And you have deprived me of giving it to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yes. It's uh, the, uh, one thing that I love about incredible. confession yeah. is the fact that when Jesus institutes confession in scripture, he says, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. Whose sins you bind are bound. Yeah. And like, so that means that every time you go into the confessional, the priest has the option to bind you of your to your sins. Yeah. You know, like 
is the option not to condemn you, can't condemn you, but just like say like, no, I will not forgive you. Now, canonically, I don't actually know if we can do that, but technically, <laughs> um, like he has the power to do that. So the fact that it's not just like this mercy slot machine it, or, or vending machine, I guess, it's, it's chosen every single time. Like, you have told me your sins. You've revealed your brokenness and how you've hurt God. And because I am in Christ, because I, I act in the person of Christ, I cannot, I can, but at the same time, I cannot choo- but choose to offer you forgiveness. But it's always a choice. Mm. It's always a choice to give that sin. Or, sorry, forgiveness. Give that forgiveness. Because, yeah. and, and I think that that's like, that's the radical thing about confession that I think people don't realize. It's like, yeah, you're given mercy every time as a gift. You're given forgiveness. This is always personal. This is always about you and God. And it is just. And it is just <laughs> for you are a child of God. Mm. And you are made to be in relationship with God. Amen. And therefore nothing else would ever could ever be just. Yes. Amen. <laughs> so well <That> was, uh, <laughs> yes. So there we go. Uh confession's awesome. Um our mercy wonder this week about our mercy and forgiveness different. And uh are How you do you just and merciful? Are you just yeah. merciful? How do you see justice? Is it the way that the world sees justice or the way that God sees justice? And mercy. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, there you are, folks. May all of your wanders be blessed. God bless.